Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. We were just thinking this is going to be a gross meal, but then we kind of like got creative when we made, like we cut the bread in half, which is like loaves of French bread. We just cut it in half, lathered it in tomato sauce, threw some cheese on it. It was just like homemade oven pizza. And before the meal, I remember we were just thinking, wow, this is going to be a struggle to get through this. And it ended up being such a good meal. Like we were just so, so grateful for that. It was a really cool moment to think, you know, this couch is going to be thrown. I mean, it's just going to be tossed in a dumpster. They're going to dig up earth and throw this couch in there. But, you know, we were able to like make some money off of it, get a good workout in, have fun. And somebody got a couch, you know, at a pretty good price. It was a cool moment. Well, if you do really think you need something, really, really examine it. Don't just like see something and buy it impulsively. You just kind of like think like, hmm. Do I really have nothing already that fills this void in my life or at least comes very close to it? Adam Servinskis and Sam Viola are 25-year-old freakins. They eat food going to waste and buy vegan only when necessary. They haven't bought groceries since November 5th, 2016. They both describe themselves as thoughtful and mindful. They try to focus on what's important and cut out things that don't matter in every aspect of their lives. They accomplish their purpose by repurposing food and objects, going to waste, to mindfully appreciate what they have in order to fight a culture of rampant overconsumption. Adam and Sam both see consumerism, mindlessness, and waste as interconnected. Roughly 40% of food goes to waste, thrift stores are packed with perfectly good clothes, and usable furniture gets thrown out every day. With climate change already impacting everyone, Adam and Sam see buying new products as destructive. They don't buy things for the sake of having variety, but rather out of necessity. As a result, they are appreciative and grateful for what they already have. Adam and I went to college together at McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota. I actually just met Sam on this interview. In college, Adam and I didn't hang out too much, but I always liked him. We played basketball and saw each other at different social events. I think our first significant interaction came when he interviewed my girlfriend and I at the time for a Valentine's Day video series that him and his partner Bert were putting on. Their interviews were a hit across campus, and I definitely respected him for this noble achievement. (laughs) I also got some pretty sweet content that really encapsulates where I was in my life as a college junior. Adam and I reconnected at our mutual friend's wedding this past summer in June 2017, and at that banquet dinner is where he first told me about the course he and Sam were on. I was certainly astonished and so were the others in our group who began to give their undivided attention. This decision to abstain from buying food entirely was a new concept for me and it seemed impossible. But after digging a bit deeper, it was so obvious that there is such a deeper purpose and intentionality to living like this. Adam and I kept in touch as he became a podcast listener and they agreed to celebrate making it to one year of freeganism. It was really great catching up with Adam and Sam this past November. I think regardless of their mediums for change and advocacy, what I admire most is the way these guys actually live their ideals. 
A lot of people today know what to say and how to say it to give off a positive societal image, but it is this aspect of being living examples of their beliefs that I think really separates Adam and Sam and makes them such commendable people. So please enjoy my interview with these people of purpose, Adam Servinskis and Sam Viola. Hello, Adam and Sam. Hello. How's it going? That's pretty good. Where are you guys at today? Just chilling in our apartment in Chicago. Can't can't complain. This weather's gorgeous. It's actually awful. Nice, like thirty degrees and rainy. So, um, how are you, man? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm in Kansas City today, helping my dad build a deck. Um, same type of weather as you. I feel like I'm a little bit under the weather because of it, um, but excited to have a good conversation with you guys. Yeah, man. Sorry, sorry to hear that, and uh, we're really excited to talk to you too. So yeah, I brought you guys on the podcast because I was um, Adam and I were at a, a wedding this summer for uh, some of our good friends, and it was a blast um, getting together with everyone at the end of June, beginning of July time. He was at the at the banquet table telling us about how he had gone something like six months or eight, seven months without buying any food. And I was just mesmerized by that. And I asked him about more about that. And I discovered that he has very intentional reasons for that. And it was fascinating. And I guess I can kind of tell a good uh, potential podcast conversation from the way that other, everyone in the room is listening. And there was five or six people just glued to this conversation because what, what you were saying, Adam, was really interesting. So could you tell me what's the reason that you, uh, that you and Sam are not buying any food this year? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, at that time, it was, I think it had been seven or eight months since we had bought in groceries. And today was, is a, a week after a year. So we officially hit a year without buying groceries. Um, and it, it really, oh, congratulations. Yeah, man. <laughs> thanks. Um, it really just kind of started pretty organically. Um, when we were traveling, we kind of found some ways to basically eat food that was going to waste. And, uh, you know, kind of since, since we've been at the apartment, it's just been a combination of things that we've done to find or save or salvage, uh, food that's going away. So we kind of, you know, we kind of hit two months and then maybe realized when, oh, wow, we've gone two months without buying groceries. And then that turned to three and then, you know, six and a year. So what, you know, we just started getting more and more creative at it and it kind of just happened organically. Wow. So you didn't really start with a goal necessarily. It just kind of became, well, my lifestyle is like this. So now we can have a goal to maybe shoot for a year. Yeah, I don't think there was really ever a goal in mind behind it. Um, as we were traveling, we, we went on a six-month backpacking trip together through Europe and Central America. And about halfway through that trip, we volunteered on a sustainable farm in Costa Rica. And that that was definitely a turning point um, for our diet. We just went vegan. And then after that, you know, we had been finding ways to get food without buying them throughout our travels. But we generally we're just able to find food left over in uh, the fridges and hostels. The way hostels work is they have like a free food section. So if like a traveler buys too much, they can just kind of leave it in there. Or when you buy food from the grocery store, you kind of write your name on it. So Freddie and Tommy 
know, October 25th. So if you, you write your checkout date on, on it. So if you, if the food is still in the fridge past that date, like those people are gone. So that food is just getting thrown out. So we got really good at um, finding, you know, just like going through the fridge once we got to the hostels and one thing came to the next. Once our trip ended, we were like, oh man, we're never going to get to just find free food and fridges again. But we were just so wrong. We've found so many other different ways to find food uh, that's going to waste. We like to say we repurpose the, the food or the waste. But yeah, it's been a fun little adventure and every day has been a, a success. We just had to like celebrate every day that we can go without buying food. Every meal, really. Yeah, I mean, you must be extremely grateful for every every meal you're able to put together. That takes a lot of craftiness and dedication. It's so easy to just go somewhere and buy as much food as you want and you know cook a delicious meal. But you guys, I, I heard Adam say like some weeks you just basically only eat bananas or you know throwing away pizza. Like what what are some of the some of the luxuries of this lifestyle? What are some of like the the bad weeks look like or the difficult times? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because it's um it's it's really boom or bust. I, I remember around five months, there was kind of this moment where, where I was thinking, oh, we might not make it. Um, and then, you know, like a week came by and, you know, like if we, get, if we get a lot of food, we like to call it a haul. So we got a really good, we got a couple of really good hauls and, you know, then it's like, oh yeah, we got, we got an, another month in the bag uh, easily, but you, you, you can find a lot of really good food at once. So I just remember we, we, we participated in this 5k and there were all these bananas uh, at the end of the race. And I mean, hundreds, I mean, yeah, yeah, hundreds, if not thousands. And we, you know, we just kind of went up, you know, it was the end of the race, they were cleaning up and, you know, we just asked if we could, you know, have some bananas and they, they, they said, you know, take as many as you want. And we were just loading up our backpacks with bananas. Um, you know, why not? And then, we, we were passing by some tent and I don't, I don't really know how it happened, but you know, some people had pizza and like they, they gave a box of Sam and then they gave me two boxes. So we had like three boxes of pizza, 45 bananas, a bunch of apples and some granola bars and stuff like that. And it was just, you know, once we got that, you know, the, the mentality is like, well, we can't let this food go to waste, you know? So we have to either put some in the freezer, cut some of it up, or make sure that we're only eating this per meal. So that's kind of like the boomer bust. It's it's really fun because you never know what you're going to get. Like we had no idea going into that day that we were going to have a ton of bananas and that we were going to have a ton of pizza. And that even though even though we're vegan, we should kind of specify that we'll eat anything really if it's going to waste. But then there's just times when you're you know, you're running kind of like really low and you're looking around and you're just thinking, "All right, well, what do I have that I can Yep. salvage a meal out of yeah make make a food out of a meal out of so what's one of those meals look like where you've really salvaged one so i remember there was one time where we i think we just yeah we were it was one of those those droughts we had and we had like some really old loaves of bread like definitely stale uh we had like some old tomato sauce cans and we had think like some cheese or something we were just like uh God. like that's like all we had we were just thinking this is gonna be a gross meal but then we kind of like got creative when we made like we cut the bread in half which is like loaves of french bread we just cut it in half lathered it in tomato sauce threw some cheese on it it was just like homemade oven pizza and before the meal i remember we were just thinking wow this is gonna be a struggle to get through this and it ended up being 
such a good meal. Like we were just so, so grateful for that just because we knew we, we literally had nothing else. Like it was, we were just going to eat bread and because we didn't want the streak to end, but that, that was probably one of the times that we were really struggling and our meals are generally just throwing together whatever we have. Anyways, we, we eat what we call jungle mash and jungle. There is no recipe to jungle mash. It's really whatever is in the fridge that you feel like throwing into a you know big bowl. We usually have one staple like, you know, potatoes or rice or beans or pasta. And then we just chop up as many vegetables as we can. We just throw it together. So it's really just like a big, you know, rice or pasta salad, really. So we just are the farthest things possibly from picky. Like we just don't really care as long as we're getting filled up. Yeah, that's awesome. So what has that done for being vegan? Like, it seems like you're hinting to that you kind of break from that commitment sometimes if, if need be, if, if like you get a large amount of meat. Is that true? Well, I think it still ends up that most of our meals are pretty vegan. A lot of the food we get, I would say, yeah, I mean, most of the food we get ends up being vegan. No, there certainly are times where we do, you know, have to stray from that. There was one time we were, I was just like walking down an alley and I just saw a box and I was like, oh, I might as well check it out. I saw like it had like Johnson on the side. So I was thinking, oh, like someone threw out an empty box of like sausage or maybe it was hot dogs or something. And I opened it and it was filled to the brim with breakfast sausage. I think it was like a hundred and how many? 168 maybe. hundred and yeah, it was like. 20 24 packs of you know so i don't know it was something ridiculous and we were just like uh well this is just sitting in the garbage it it was still you know cold so i hadn't been sitting and like you know, sitting in the sun and getting bad so we we're just like oh well i guess we're eating this and that was breakfast for an entire month but yeah we like adam said the the, the majority of our meals are vegan but yeah if, if there's something going to waste like we don't we don't discriminate because our our thought processes. Well, if this is going to waste and we eat it, it's better than going out and buying food that, you know, water energy had to go into, uh, labor had to go into plastic packaging. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it really just comes down to just our absolute hate disdain of waste. We just try to repurpose anything we find. And if it is, you know, happens to be non-vegan, then so be it. It's not ideal, but we make it work. Yeah, how did you come to despise waste so much, or recognize the impact um, wasteful beha- behavior has on the environment? What what personal experience do you have with that? I think growing up, I mean, I think both of our parents were kind of of that mindset. You know, don't you know, don't waste the food on your plate. Don't you know, kind of be grateful for what you have. I think we were always, you know, always just acknowledged as as waste as generally just a bad thing. So how did you come across freeganism as a lifestyle? When we were doing it on the trip and kind of like going back to that first question too, I mean, we, we became vegan, but you know, like we would just see, we would just see this food and it's like, how could we just let this sit there and go to waste? It's just, it's kind of just sinful to like Sam said, to go out and, and buy new things. And so we, we started calling it wastetarianism uh, cause we just didn't, we didn't really know what else to call it. I think we came across it maybe just reading online somehow or learning about food waste that freegan was kind of a, a term. So it, it just made more sense for us to go by that term. Plus it was kind of easier to say. And so 
it was just like a good word to use. Yeah. I think we were just like, we were living that life well for a, a fair amount of time. And then we kind of found that there was already a community out there that did this. And it was, it's pretty exciting, honestly, just seeing that, wow, there are other people doing this. I don't know. It's just always, as we all know, it's always good to like be in a community. So the freeganism uh, aspect of it was really cool once we found out that other people were doing it. Yeah, that's cool how you just kind of came upon a, a community that shared your identity and even came upon this as like a lifestyle choice. What do you think this says about your purpose? Could you maybe outline what your purpose is? I think it really comes down to waste in general. We just can't stand. We, we see that there's this fetish of new, always wanting what's new. Um, and, and we just can't stand it. You know, for example, you have this perfectly good iPhone 4 and then this iPhone X comes out. It's like a thousand bucks. It's like, oh, I need that. You know, it's like what? I mean, yeah, it probably has some better capabilities. The camera is probably better. It might have some cool technological advances, but it's serving the same purpose in your life. Like, do you really need it? So we, we kind of see consumerism, mindlessness, waste. Like they all are interconnected and the root cause is just not really thinking about your actions and the consequences they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Sam's. I think Sam said it pretty well, and it it also is pretty just connected to really just appreciating what you have. You know, if you kind of appreciate what you have, you're going to be less inclined to throw something out or go and get something new. And, you know, new things will take energy and water. They, you know, it's costly, um, not just for your pockets, but also, you know, for pollution and you know societal sake around you so it just it really feels like the right thing to do um and like on the appreciation note at least you know when we anytime we find something or if we made that pizza or you know we found a a cool chair to put in our apartment or something like that it's just such an exciting moment and you're just so happy that the moment occurred You're, you're so grateful that wow we were able to put this together and we made this awesome homemade pizza and it's not yeah it's not it's nothing you know from italy or anything like that but it's it's good enough and it's kind of bringing us joy so yeah we feel like there's just already so much out there that can be utilized and you know once people throw it out or get rid of it people think it's automatically bad and we just don't see that like i I remember last like fall winter for example like i didn't have gloves or a hat and like yeah i could have bought it but I i remember thinking like oh i'll get around to it and then I think we just found like a random hat on the ground outside. It was like frozen to the ground and it was just like, okay, like if we just wash this, I could definitely just use it. And that's my winter hat. It just, why would I have to go? I mean, you can just find so many things. Like if you're just mindful and keep your eyes open, there's stuff everywhere. All these like little trinkets, like that whole saying, like one man's treasure, treasure, like totally applicable. Yeah, that's awesome. What has this, so you've been like obviously saving a ton of money with this lifestyle choice, right? Yeah, it certainly helps. I mean, when you, when you think of the money you spend on a, a monthly basis on food, people I would say probably spend what, a hundred bucks, like 75, hundred bucks on a month on food. And that's assuming that you don't go to restaurants often. Like there are definitely, you know, urban sort of dwellers, RAs that are, you know, are going out for a meal right. every day or most most evenings or something like that and that's 20 15 20 bucks when you're right. working some fancy sort of corporate job right. you know the yuppie lifestyle so i mean yeah you guys are obviously 
very you've developed um, an ability to be frugal and a gratitude through that and that's something that i i look up to in you guys i think that's really neat thanks man appreciate that how has these sort of skills and this mindset spilled over into other areas of your life how does it affect like your choices you make for for your workplace and your relationships and any new opportunities that have come into your life from living with this sort of mentality i think it's developed a a pretty good sense of resourcefulness, just using kind of everything you have to get a job done, you know, realizing that you generally have a lot more uh, than you think that you have. And as far as like the workplace goes, I mean, we both, you know, work in jobs that, you know, we believe are kind of doing a societal impact. I know I, I work for, you know, basically an energy efficiency company and Sam works for um, a nonprofit that does a lot of work, you know, uh, helping schools in the city or beautifying the city. So just kind of like taking that attitude and trying to live it, literally just live it through and in, in all uh, aspects of our life. So you do feel a strong sense of congruency um, related to this mission of conservatism and resourcefulness and mindfulness towards towards consumption. Yeah, I, I really think it's a lifestyle. You know, I think it's just once you start seeing it in one aspect of your life, you see it in others. Uh, for example, we just instead of you know taking the bus to work, we there are these divvy bikes in the city that you can. They're like shared bikes, and it's like, oh well, why not use those? I mean, it's cheaper than the bus by a long shot, and it's you know, healthy. You're getting your exercise for the day, so it's it's just finding every way to improve your life every day. And it could be through a myriad of ways. It, it really just, a lot of it is organic. I mean, we are, you know, we are very mindful and we try to make intentional changes to our life to improve it. But sometimes we just stumble upon things and it's like, oh, well, this is a no brainer. This is definitely better for us. Why weren't we doing this before? And then it's really just like the journey of bettering yourself every day um, that kind of drives us, keeps us going. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, when we were talking about hitting a year, and, you know, it, it was, you know, it was definitely a, a special moment, but it's also this sort of feeling of just satisfaction of knowing that you, you were getting better and better at it every day. And, you know, it's kind of like a testament to constantly improving ourselves, you know, brick by brick, we were able to create this wall, you know, and then it was really just, it's that satisfaction of the constant improvement. I actually just want to tell a quick story that something Sam said made me think of it. I think it was last March, uh, sometime around there, he he texted me that he saw a couch in an alley, you know, a perfectly good couch. So when I got home from work, we headed over, it was three or four blocks away, and we we picked up the couch and carried it. Probably took a solid, you know, 20 minutes having to stop for breaks, but we carried it into our apartment, moved all the furniture, you know, took a bunch of nice pictures. And we sold it on Craigslist for like $140, I think. And, you know, it was a perfectly good couch. Like there were no stains or anything like that on it. You know, the person obviously came and inspected it. But it was just a really, it was a really cool moment to think, you know, this couch is going to be thrown. I mean, it's just going to be tossed in a dumpster. Just they're going to dig up earth and throw this couch in there. But, you know, we were able to like make some money off of it, get a good workout in have fun and somebody got a couch, you know, at a pretty good price. So it was, it was just an all around really, it was just, it was, it was, it was a cool moment. 
Yeah, that's cool. It's also really cool that you guys have a partnership. It, um, there's like a team aspect to your guys's mission. How has how has that helped you guys? Do you have any testament maybe to what the what the other one has done for you um, to to stay so committed to this process to never really waver? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know we had a, a really good friendship going into it. Um, obviously, but how do you guys know each other? Could you, could you remind me, how do you guys know each other? So we, we went to, we grew up in the same neighborhood. We grew up in Park Ridge, um, which is like Northwest suburb of Chicago. We went to middle school together. Uh, we, you know, won a basketball championship together. We might've won undefeated. Um, we also went to high school together. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Crowning achievement. Um, and then we went to high school together, um, yeah, and we've just kind of been best friends for, gosh, a while now. Um, but we've known each other for over 15 years. So, like, having that friendship was definitely good, just, like, continuously motivating each other to kind of, like, be the best person you can be. Um, you know, everyone's got their, like, down days, obviously. And then we, you know, try to pick each other up. And um, it, it does make it a lot easier. I mean, doing something with another person, even the whole – like when we started being vegan aspect, like people are like, oh, how do you do it? And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's pretty easy when you're, you're buying for two people. Like when we were buying groceries, you know, oh, you're buying for two people. It makes it easier. Um, and there's just a sense of like, you know, you scratch um, my back, I scratch yours kind of thing. It just, I don't know, it just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And, and there's definitely no way that we, we wouldn't have been able to get to a year without each other. You know, when Sam brought home all those sausages, it's... It, yeah, like for you know, if we bring home a big haul, one we're trying really fast to make sure that we eat it all before it goes to waste. So having two people makes that a lot easier. And then you also just kind of like double your odds. I mean, it's not like I would have found, you know, the the route that he took home that day. I took home a different route. You know, I wouldn't have found those. Um, so there's just different. There's yeah. just different times. You know, you know, Sam will get something or I'll get something. And I mean, show you know when you get home and then you show it, you know, to, to your teammate and you're like, all right, let me take you on the tour of, of what we got here. It's, uh, it's really, it's really fun. Do you guys always tell the, the stories of how you found it? Like, how are you finding a lot of your food? Yeah. I mean, you always have to tell the story. Like sometimes I'll just put something in the fridge that I found and then I won't even tell Adam. And then like when he goes in the fridge, he'll just kind of open it and go, Oh, well, looks like we've got some new food in here. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it is just, gosh there's so much waste once your eyes are open to it you just see it everywhere but i think in the winter a lot of it was like finding it in dumpsters garbage cans like you just see like a oh, pizza box is sticking out I wonder if it's full you know oh there's this like adam found a box of like vegan wraps from freshy the other like last month Just like why why are people throwing this out i don't really get it um i don't know where where do we get a lot of our food other than garbage <coughs> Yeah, I mean, and it, it kind of it it all really sort of started. Um, it it was just it was just building on itself, you know. At my old job, it was kind of like a community co working type space, and they they had this rule, you know, every Friday, uh, the community manager would go around and clean out the food that was going to waste. So five o'clock, like if it's not if it's not labeled or it's you know it's something that's opened, you know, if it's unopened, then like they'd leave it, obviously, but you know it's going to be thrown out. And so I don't know, you know, I just found, you know, like there was a sign on the fridge for it. And I, I just remember talking to her about it and, you know, I, I went around with her one day and she was totally fine with just, you know, giving me the food that she was going to toss anyways. You know, a lot of it, 
a lot of it she thought, or I think people think is like pretty gross. And obviously if it's moldy, then we're not going to eat it. I mean, you can smell if it's bad. Um, but that was, that was pretty great. You know, that was always, you know, generally enough food for the weekend. And like, you could, you could also, I mean, you can, you could have a good sense. Okay. This person, you know, obviously just put it in or, uh, you know, this food is clearly going to waste. Like you, you know, the more you do it, it, it just becomes very obvious. Uh, what's going to waste. And we had all that experience from doing it, uh, you know, uh, in, in Europe and in Central America. So yeah, it was that. And then like dump, dumpster diving, um, you know, different events. If there's food that's left over from a party or, you know, even some type of, you know, event that we're attending and, you know, they have all this leftover food. Do you feel like you have to be kind of courageous to ask for it? Yeah, it's almost like you don't want to seem like a freeloader. You know, there's like that whole aspect of like, oh, like asking for this leftover food. Like, our, you know, you can definitely afford food. Why are you eating stuff that's getting thrown out? But it's just, it's just kind of like you don't have to. Like, it's, I don't know, it's just the whole mindset of like, you don't need something new. And I, yeah, at first, I think it was a bit weird to ask for stuff. Like, even when you're out to, you know, eat with, friends or whatever and they get something and you know they eat like you know three quarters of their salad and then they're like the the, the waitress comes around like oh do you need a box they're like oh no it's like why not you, you paid for that food maybe like okay well do you mind if i take it they're like uh no so it, it's just stuff like that it's just they're always kind of mindful what are you eating when you go out to a restaurant with friends like what do you do do you do you not order so, I mean, yeah, there are, there are extenuating circumstances. Like, sometimes we'll have friends over for, a, like, a potluck dinner. And for that, we, we won't – we don't want to, like, force them to eat food. You know, that, that's our lifestyle. So, for that stuff, we'll go and, like, you know, probably get some from the grocery store. Yeah, so the year – I mean, the year without groceries is talking about food for ourselves that we – just for ourselves. So – you know, if, if something was that we dumpster dive, like we're not going to serve that to, to our friends unless like they want to. I mean, we've definitely had friends of ours have tried it before and it's generally a fun experience for them because it's something that's so new, but we're not, we're kind of, you know, putting that as like a caveat or if we're traveling somewhere for a weekend or it's not, you know, we're not familiar with the city, um, but just for your typical grocery expenses. And, and most of the time when we're, I mean, we, we, we probably eat out two or three times a month. And, you know, we will get meals, but it's also, you know, we'll, we'll pay for those meals. But if there is food that's going to waste that, you know, maybe one of our friends didn't, didn't finish, or, you know, we can eat that. Why are people throwing out food? Surely you've been curious about this. Have you come up with any answers as to why? And, and maybe how does that differ between the different continents you've been on? To be honest, man, like we, there's a, like a, a large percentage of the time we just have no idea. I mean, we have found full like full containers of hummus in the garbage like full pizzas we found so like an absurd amount of food in the garbage and i I think a lot of it is like you know you see the expiration date on something and it's uh you know the expiration date was two days ago it's bad i mean if you really like look into you know the expiration dates on things it's, it's not like if it's past this date it's moldy that's not how it works it's just like that's when you know, the store has to kind of get rid of it because it has like a higher likelihood of going bad, but that food is not bad. I mean, you could easily eat things that are a week past the quote unquote expiration date and they are perfectly fine. I mean, 
So I, I think a lot of people have this um, kind of like weird relationship with the expiration date. If they see it's passed, then they automatically just throw it out. Um, but yeah, there are sometimes we find things. It's like, I have no idea what was going through your mind. Like what provoked you to throw this out? Maybe they just got something new and it was just like, Oh, well I don't need this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and with the, with the smell or with the expiration date, we really go entirely by smell. You know, if one of us thinks it smells funky, then we just throw it out uh, as a rule, but that's how we're basing it off. Oh, of. Nice. So n- you've never really gotten sick. No. no. Wow. That's incredible. It's, and, and yeah, people always say, how have you not gotten sick? But it's like, it's not like we're going and eating, you know, meat that has maggots crawling in it. Like the food we're eating, like we look at it, it's like, oh, it's right. perfectly fine. Like Gener- generally sealed. Yeah. I, I just wanted to add on to the last question. And I, I think it was something that Sam was touching on earlier. It, you know, as far as why is all this food going to waste? I, I think a lot of it is, is just kind of this obsession with, having something that's new or, you know, at least when, you know, Sam said to me like the other day, it's not really that we're eating for variety or we want something new. We're really, we're we're eating what we have, you know, it's not, it's, or this, this is going away. So we need to prioritize uh, eating this first. Like we're constantly taking inventory of what we have or moving things around in the fridge. You know, we kind of have like this whole system down of just knowing what needs to, what needs to eat. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess people just think, ah, it's been around for a while. It's not good. I, I, I don't know. It's really hard to know why. Yeah. Do you find that like uh, it's easy to express your lifestyle with, with other people or have you become more like a little bit reserved or shy to, to share so openly? Or do you feel like that you are living a bit of an activist lifestyle and you want to be vocal about it? Like, What is your relationship to expressing your yeah. purpose and your mission with, with more normal people? I think some, some of what we do, um, like some of the food we get, it, it's, it's awkward to talk about it in certain circles, I think, because without really understanding like the food that we're taking, um, they, they might, they might really take it the wrong way or it might, like Sam said, might come across like we're freeloading or stealing, but we're really not like, we're only taking food that, you know, is going to waste or is you know, damage or no one else is going to eat. It's not like we're just saying like, Oh, say I made this like meat sandwich. Do you want it? Like we wouldn't do that. It would, it would only be going to waste. And I think for a lot of people, you know, maybe in a professional setting, if you told someone that you dumpster dive, um, you know, they they would find it insane. But I, I think it's, so it's hard to exactly like, you know, certain people you can kind of tell more than others. Um, but we've gotten a lot more comfortable talking about it because it just really feels like it's the right thing to do and the right thing to talk about. Um, and that it's, I think it's important just to like kind of make people just more aware. I think there's like some stat that about 40% of the food in the U S goes to waste or something like that. You know, it's, it's something ridiculous. So it's really worth sharing at the end of the day. And I, and I also think I can't really, you know, speak to a whole generation of people, but I think that, we, we surround ourselves with open-minded people. And I, I think, you know, the neighborhood we live in, the people we associate ourselves with, they're open-minded, like even before we even bring this stuff up. So they're very receptive to it because the people we surround ourselves with want to, you know, live the best life they can, this and that. So, I mean, there are times that there are people we tell about it and they're just like, maybe 
garbage. Like that's gross. Like definitely like look down on us as, as humans. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't, like why would I want to associate myself with that type of person anyway? It's like, it's my life, not yours. You're not, I'm not force feeding you this garbage. Like why, why do you care that I'm doing it? I mean, it's the same thing when at first when we like told people we were vegan, like some people got like offended, like, Oh, like how could you ever do that? Why would you ever do that? It's like, it has no bearing on your life. Like if anything, I'm leaving more meat for you. Like why are you upset at me for it? It's just a weird obsession that people are so concerned with what others are doing yeah it's funny uh sam sam sent me this uh this meme the other day and it said it was a picture of oscar the grouch from sesame street and he said it just said i love it because it's trash and you know he's holding up he's eating trash out of the garbage can i just thought it was so funny <laughs> yeah that really encapsulates you guys <laughs> thank you so <laughs> it, like in this past year what's something that you guys have come to believe either for yourself or about kind of how reality works that others may may not recognize or may think is insane that you believe that well yeah that's a good question that's a loaded question you know i i think people there's not really like a phrase you could say but i i think that people would just be shocked at the way like our eyes work like when we walk home from work it's never like oh we're just walking to get home it's like okay we're definitely walking through the alley and just kind of like perusing like there's just like a constant like our radar is always on no matter where we are i think people would kind of be surprised but in terms of like a hard fact that they would be shocked at i'm I'm not sure that's 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 a good question yeah that is yeah, I think I mean I I, I know I I caught up with a friend the other day and I I told him yeah it's been uh it's been a full year and he just said I I don't believe that man I I do not believe that and I I had to I had to spend a few minutes kind of explaining really how it works so I think you know for for somebody that doesn't know I mean like you said you know when we're at the wedding I think there was a certain sense of just general astonishment at not buying groceries for such a long time it would be hard and I think and yeah. I think whether it's insane or I'm not sure how to word it, but I think you can always be more mindful or you really have, you have more than you think you can, you can use a lot more than you think that's, you know, I'm sure you have a lot in your cabinets that you can um, really make good with before you have to resort to getting something else. You guys are clearly exhibiting some like very strong character traits that uh, I am personally curious about how you do that. So I want to ask about habits, like how do you develop, healthy habits for yourself that allow for you to, to, to live this lifestyle where you're in a bit of a survivalist mode, it seems. So what habits do you do to, to make your, your life more efficient and productive and fruitful? Yeah, I think our, our, you know, disdain for waste is, is not just food, you know, it's time, it's energy, you know, like instead of having to, you know, work out for an hour and a half after work, like you bike to and from work, you know, so you had to do that anyway. And then we, you know, we we're minimalist. Like we have like a few weights laying around in our apartment and we'll just work out that way. So I, I think um, in, in that regard, like with staying healthy, like we're, we're, we definitely make sure we're working out a few times a week. And then with, with the food we eat, you, you'd be surprised how healthy the food is that we get. I mean, we always, always have vegetables always maybe people just buy them because they're like oh i should eat these and then 
once they kind of <laughs> get down to eating them, they're like, why did I ever think I would eat these? I'm going to throw them out. And then that's when you come, come by. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, we right now we have in our fridge, we have this massive tub of green peppers. I think there's maybe 20, maybe 30 peppers. And, you know, they have like little kind of like maybe like a slit on the side of them or, you know, the side is kind of moldy, but you can just cut off the side and use 90% of that pepper. You know, it's perfectly, it's perfectly good for you. I know, I know we just kind of straight off, off the, uh, your question of habits. We also have a bin of apples. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Probably 30, 40 apples. Yeah. Yeah. In in terms of habits, I, I think it's, at this point, it's not even stuff we have to think about. It's so much of a lifestyle. I think People say like you have to do something for two or three weeks for it to become like not even for it to become a habit. I think we just have the habit of always keeping our eyes open for what's out there. Uh, I think there's this habit of constantly like, you know, if if we find ourselves ever sitting on the couch kind of doing nothing, it's like, I'm not really bettering myself. What? what?" You kind of like, you know, get up, get up and make something worthy of your life. You know, like don't just sit here and, troll around on your phone, like read or, you know, go for a walk or work out a little bit. And I think we just encourage each other so much. Do you think having this, like this everyday activity, that's a must, um, like a must accomplish or must complete to like be able to get food and make a meal spills over into, you know, like, like what you're saying, like choosing to read a book, um, being more intentional about your conversations, uh, making sure you exercise enough. Do you think that, um, one good habit, like like what you guys do, can spill over into the rest of your life. I, I think so. I mean, and like we were at the farm. We you know talked a lot about mindfulness. You know, Sam Sam was talking about keeping our eyes open and the radar always on. That's really just like mindfulness of your surroundings. I know, like one thing that I do in the morning is I don't you know I have my phone as an alarm, but it's in airplane mode, and I don't turn it on. I don't check my texts or emails until I've you know gotten up, you know, eaten, gotten dressed, you know kind of done everything to get ready for the day and then I turn it on and kind of check uh, right before I go on just to kind of have that quiet you know time uh, in the morning just and try to try to set a good um, presence or kind of calm for the day ahead yeah that's awesome I do that too mm-hmm. yeah do you guys have any role models or people that you kind of can come to when times get tough um yeah, like maybe for education purposes or your parents or who do you lean on when um, when times have been tough? Maybe maybe you're way away from that phase of your of your year, but maybe in the beginning, can you remember who kind of pulled you up and made you feel confident that you could do this? You know, honestly, since it was such a, a rare and weird thing, like there wasn't really anyone besides ourselves. I mean, like our, our parents, obviously, you know, very were big influences on us and when we were on the sustainable farm uh we you know stayed with a guy his name was lotus and you know we being with him for two weeks like we always before we do something like i wonder if if lotus would approve of us doing this or or that but honestly it was really just like us because no one no one does this so it was i think when times were tough and i mean that's like so relative in terms of like was it actually tough like we were bringing it upon ourselves but I think it was really just kind of leaning on each other and me like, Oh, come on. Like we can totally do this. It's, it's really not as hard as it seems or it just wasn't ever really that hard. Yeah. This is really, you've never had like a day where you've been forced to fast. No. Oh, definitely not. 
No. Wow. And I, I would say that might you, you make it make it seem very doable. That's- yeah, yeah, man. It's just uh, it's just like bit by bit. You get you get kind of better at you you get better at at finding it. It, it, it wasn't something you know. It wasn't easy uh, per se. Like w- there was a phase when we were living in an apartment where we were buying groceries. You know, and we were just obviously totally buying groceries, but you discover one thing, you discover another thing, and it just, it just all, it's no, you know, snowball effect. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, like you said, it just like kind of spills over into all parts of your life. Like, you know, you start finding food that's going to waste, and then it's like you start reading about it, and then start reading about other things because your mind's more open. And then, like for me, I, I've been meditating for a while, and then, Adam recently did a month of like no drinking. I'm in the midst of that right now. So it's always just like kind of like, and like doing these little challenges um, that just kind of like keeps you going, like makes you feel like you're bettering yourself every day. And then it just really opens the possibilities of like always trying something new. You never know what you're going to stumble upon. Yeah, definitely. What do you think someone that hasn't lived that lifestyle at all can do to get started? Um, like where's like maybe a couple of places they could look or, a couple of pieces of education or maybe books that they could start to look mm-hmm. into. So there's a whole movement of, of freeganism that like you can go on freegan.info that they have a bunch of information about really about everything um, in terms of their books that they say you should read on there. I know Adam follows this guy. What's his name? Um, this guy's his name is Mr. Money Mustache. And he talks about, he talks about financial freedom through, uh, frugality more or less um, so he has he has a lot of good just sort of topics on um, you know hey you, using home weights or buy your own razor to give yourself haircuts you know these all these just kind of like different things that you can do where you um, can really open the possibility so that's a, that's a really good sort of resource that's I mean that's a really a whole nother topic the movie there's this movie called dive uh, with an exclamation point at the end it's a pretty good movie um, and we're also working on um, a website, you know, that we hope to hope to launch soon, and just to, just to be a cool way for us to share our story, and also uh, a great way for people to kind of see how they can do the same. So, what kind of impact do you hope to have on others? Have you seen any impact on individuals in your life from your guys's choice to to live a freegan lifestyle? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've had an influence on our circles, certainly like with our friends, uh, our families are now very well versed in our, our day to day. I know like a few of our friends have gone vegan since we've done it. And, you know, naturally, like when we hang out with our friends, we like, like, hey, like, what, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? And we'll kind of list off what we have and they know how we got it. Like, yeah, and I think they're very open to trying it, which, which is cool. Um, so I definitely think we've influenced folks. Just, I, I think it's just because we're just excited about it. They could see how it makes us happy. They're like, oh, well, if it makes these guys happy, like, it's worth a shot. Yeah, a couple of my friends had, I, I was kind of telling about it, and they, they just took an, a, a really, just more interest in it than, you know, your kind of usual person. And, they were traveling. Uh, so just one, one of my friends was traveling and, you know, he made some type of meal of pasta that, you know, he had pretty much cleaned out the fridge and he sent me a, a picture and all these texts, just how excited he was. And I remember my brother uh, did something similar where he had, you know, basically just took something out of the garbage can, like at an airport or something like that. And he was so thrilled. I mean, it was the first, it, it was, it was like an, a pure adrenaline rush for him. And it was really cool to see that, you know, because it's just, 
it's something that's just become so mundane would be the wrong word, but so kind of day in the life for us, but it was really, really cool to have them share that enthusiasm and excitement with us. So yeah. And, and just general open-mindedness too. Yeah. If, if you have this ability to like really appreciate the kind of small little things in life, I think people who like the people who generally like what we do are people who like definitely like those like small little things in life that kind of people take for granted. And once they're like, Oh, like there was this thing of fries in the garbage and I ate it. It was so cool. I don't know. I just think, you kind of have to be a certain type of person to find joy in this small stuff. Yeah. Do either of you have a significant other that, or like a, a close family member or something that, that doesn't really necessarily agree with you or, or is, or is trying to change you or mm. you have anyone in your life that's like, you know, that devil on your shoulder saying like, you don't have to live like this anymore. There was a significant other that I had and, you know, she was definitely a bit, weirded out by it but once i told her like the backstory of it it was kind of like oh like there i think there's a certain kind of like respect or like admirability like hearing it at first is weird but once you hear the backstory i think people are pretty receptive to it i don't think there's anyone that's like certainly no one that's like defriended us Mm. in real life (laughs) yeah people will people tease i mean definitely tease us all the time oh you know which trash can did you get that out of or you know, but I think generally the, the people that are, are, are close friends and our family are, are really supportive of it. So it makes it, it makes it easy. Nice. That's awesome. So what do you think is on the horizon um, with your website and with your whole, your, your new mission to maybe share a little bit more or have some more advocacy focus? What do you hope for that to grow into? I mean, I, per- I personally would just like it to be something where people just kind of have an awareness for what freeganism is because people don't really even know what that is. I'd love for that to be just kind of a, just a household uh, term. And I, and I, and I want people to kind of maybe lose some of their negative connotations that they, they have about whether it's like dumpster diving or food going to waste, just something that is kind of more, more commonly known and just give them like, Hey, this is not something that, we by any means want to force upon you just want to let you know that this is an option and here's you know it's just something um you can use as a resource to help you yeah definitely nice that's cool where do you think you might be like the best place or best environment to be living in to to be able to sustain this lifestyle like i imagine if you're maybe in a bit more of a a rural or a towny sort of setting where houses are a little further apart restaurants are more sparse it might be a little bit harder. Do you think you're in an ideal spot to be able to live like this? Yeah, I really do. Um, I think it would be cool if we had a little more green so we could like grow our own vegetables and whatnot. I mean, Chicago isn't exactly the best place to have a garden, but I, I think, yeah, we're, we're in a really good spot to make the most of this lifestyle. We're in, we're in a pretty, the, the neighborhood we're in is pretty well to do. I'd say uh, de- definitely open-minded, but, definitely well to do as well. So I think they're a little more prone to throw out things going to waste. And yeah, being, being in like apartment buildings, there are just so many garbage cans within a like half mile radius of us. I mean, thousands. So yeah, it definitely makes it easier being in a place where there's, you know, so many people living in, a, in tight quarters. Uh, there's another good book. I, I don't remember if it's called 
just freeganism or freegans. Yeah. It's called freegans. And one, you know, interesting point that we should acknowledge is that it's definitely something that's easier to do just being white. You know, if we're, we're going through garbage, garbages, I mean, oftentimes people don't see us, but I, you know, I could just imagine if we were black, people would have, you know, it might, it might look a lot worse or, you know, people would, you know, I don't know how to say that. Well, yeah, the, the book touched on it. Well, it was like, you know, you definitely have to acknowledge your privilege with doing it. Like this is something we're not doing out of necessity. So if people were seeing us, they would probably think of it more, you know, as an experiment, like, Oh, what, what are these people doing? Uh, and, and it's, you know, a sad reality that, you know, there are certain types of people that um, would probably be frowned down upon more for doing it or looked at a little bit. Right. Or if you like, we're a homeless person or looked, looked like the, you know, the quintessential homeless look, Right. I could definitely exactly. see people being like, get away from my property or whatever. Right. And people, you know, definitely still aren't like probably crazy about it, but in a sad way, like we're definitely, we definitely, you know, look unassuming and that's definitely like cultural stereotypes at their finest. Like we're just two like right. middle-aged white males, like just walking around randomly doing it. Like you've never really had like a tense situation where you've been confronted by somebody that was angry with you. No, I mean, they're definitely, you know, you'll definitely see people walking down the alley and like, give you like a kind of weird look sometimes, uh, but certainly never like any vocal interactions like get out of my garbage or something. I don't, Adam actually had a time where someone like asked him if he needed help or something. Yeah, it was, it was I was, it was, I was just doing it in the, in, in the on broad daylight on, on a Saturday and I was so in the zone. Well, it, it kind of upset me because there was all this food waste that was in a recycling bin that shouldn't have been in the recycling bin for one. But I was taking it out and the person whose house it was came out and she asked me, oh, is, is everything okay? And I just said, yeah, no, I, I lost something. I, I just was super vague about it, um, but I didn't even get nervous. And she said, oh, like, do, do you need any help? I said, no, it's totally okay. You know, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll find it soon. And she even offered me if I needed gloves. And I was like, no, no, it's totally fine. Um, and, you know, I ended up walking home with, I don't know, maybe a few days worth of food. I mean, that was such a funny experience. And I don't know, for me to not get nervous. I mean, normally I think my heart would have started racing pretty hard. We, we try to do it when people aren't watching. It's strange. Even though people have thrown it out and clearly have indicated, hey, we don't want this, they, they will still get weird. Like, why are you looking through my trash? You know, why are you looking through things that I don't want? It's It's strange. Yeah, you could definitely see how if, you know, if you looked at a certain way, how that would be taken in different contexts. It's, oh yeah, it's, it's definitely something that we acknowledge. And when we do see, you know, homeless people, you know, going through garbages, like if we have food, like, I mean, we've definitely given access food to people. It's just like, oh, you know, you definitely need it more than we do. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely something that being like the way we are, we just inherently have this advantage is the wrong word but privilege yeah privilege yeah that makes sense what's a final piece of advice or nugget of wisdom that that you think you could share with people from from living such an intentional lifestyle like this i think it's really just whenever you're you know whenever you think you need something like you probably don't but if you do really think you need something really really examine it like don't just like see something and buy it impulsively. You just kind of like think like, Hmm, do I really have nothing already that 
you know, fills this void in my life or at least comes very close to it. Um, even like buying a book, like, do you really need to buy that book? Can't you just go to the library? Like there are just so many things that you could just be really mindful of, um, when making purchases, I think it goes a really, really long way. And, and think about what in your life is bringing you the deepest sense of joy and satisfaction and, and be mindful of those things. Yeah. Well, that's cool. You guys seem like you really appreciate everything you have and you're really focused on elevating and magnifying what's, what's good and beautiful and necessary and cutting out anything that is, I guess, seemingly unconsciously destructive on people. Yeah, thank you, man. It's really, really cool that you guys are living like this. And I'm, I'm happy that whatever size of audience listens to this, uh, at least one person can, can probably think a little bit differently about their consumerist habits. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us on, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I, I just love the cutting out of the noise that you know you do as well. You know, listening to your previous podcast, like you definitely have a purpose that you want to you want to get people's voices heard, and I think it's really cool what you're doing. Cool. Thank you. I didn't know you listened, so thank you for listening. Yeah, I will uh, I will surely uh, be affected by our conversation and I'll have to let you know in the future about what I've maybe changed to purify my lifestyle a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. And if, if you ever you ever come to Chicago, and I mean, this goes for, we always tell us to most people, but we're always happy to, happy to feed them a uh, uh, food waste meal. So definitely... Uh, you know, you know, always, always welcome and, and really just appreciate your curiosity and, you know, interest and it's, it's, you know, appreciate your time. Well, thank you very much, Adam and Sam. Yeah. yeah thank thanks, you, Tanner. Man. Best of luck. Thanks. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join in longer form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sales and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming...
It's your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Thank you so much for an amazing 2017. In 2017, we published 11 episodes and surpassed 1,000 downloads. I heard numerous stories about how listening to the podcast has really energized you and engaged you with your purpose. And I've been fortunate to help guide some people along in that process. It's such an honor to be a part of that. So thank you very much. I'm here today to talk to you about some of my goals and visions for 2018. I'm truly trying to build a team. With more people involved, we can take this project much further than just with myself. I'm still maintaining the same inspiring goals that I did before. We're going to find the most inspiring guests in the world. There's no one that's going to be too untouchable for us. We're going to be seeking those people out. I'm going to be writing them letters. I'm going to be talking to their PR people. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get them to sit down with me and I'm going to ask them everything related to the root of their how and their why of purpose. And I'm doing so in order for you to truly live out your purpose. I believe that by listening to these guests, you're able to step into their shoes and find something relatable that that you can pull out and you can truly live to your fullest potential. I recognize in myself the impact my podcast has had on me. My life has been incredible. I've been able to sit down with guests, disseminate wisdom, make thoughtful decisions, and make tons of progress towards a lot of my dreams. So I'm actually heading to Southeast Asia for the next few months, and then I'll be coming to San Francisco, and I'm going to be a teacher, and I'm really excited to get started with that process. So as we move forward with the, with the podcast, I also hope that we can draw new people in. I hope that your energy towards people of purpose becomes infectious. And we can create online groups and communities and support networks and we can share resources and we can truly all engage one another into living more purposefully. I recognize the responsibility I'm in right now as as the host of this podcast. And I'm here today to ask for an inner circle. I'm asking you to pledge your support financially. So for just $10 a month, you can pledge to support People of Purpose podcast. I want to use all of my time purposefully in order to grow this podcast into the greatest thing it can be. I believe part of doing so is by being a living example of purpose. So for example, you take podcast editing. It takes about 60 to 70% of my time and it's not really a skill set that I have or desire to really, really develop. And if we were just able to have every single listener contribute $2 a month, we would be able to hire a full-time editor. That's just one small example of the team I'm trying to build. I want to support you in this journey, and I'm, I'm asking you to support me right now. I, I hope that you've seen the benefits, whether it be the actionable steps that, that the guests recommend or just this aha moment where someone just says the truth that, that truly resonates with you that maybe you've never thought about before or never heard before, but you know deep inside what, what that person's saying is true. I know as an interviewer, That's a wonderful feeling when I get that from a guest. So if you do really trust the journey we're on together, I'm asking you to trust this next step. I believe we truly need to assemble a People of Purpose podcast team. So with $10 a month, you can pledge your support. And if you give $20 a month, you'll be able to get People of Purpose gear, a video call with me where we discuss your purpose at length. And finally, I'll be able to give you whatever resources you may need to get you started on that very next step after our video call, whether that may be a book or an email introduction or a DVD or a webinar, whatever it may be, I'm going to do my very best to personalize this to you. So please pledge your support to People of Purpose Podcast. Thank you very much. And here's to becoming 
people of purpose.